Uh, all right, we're going. All right, welcome into the Dart Meat Podcast, recording here uh, Thursday after the Super Bowl. Joined here by Liveline Luke and Rhino. So, uh, with that being said, let's go around and say hi to the boys. How's it going, Liveline Luke? Not too bad. Just surviving the cold weather here in Wisconsin. Football's over and looking forward to baseball uh, right around the corner here. Yep, yeah. I hear that. Rhino, how's it going? Yeah. Uh, getting into full swing of college basketball. Uh, get ready for March Madness. Seeing how the tournament's going to stack up. Um, NBA's going along, and now I've been getting into some tennis with AK. So we're opening up Dartmouth's eyes to some tennis action. You called it, call it a beautiful game, right? Is that right? It's a beautiful game. It's a beautiful game. <laughs> beautiful game. All right. With that being said, I guess we can get into the Super Bowl recap. Um, you know, you probably already heard it all. Um, been covered every angle, um, but it was a shitty Super Bowl, in my humble opinion. Uh, 31-9, the Buccaneers trounce the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. You guys have any thoughts on the game itself or or anything like that? Um, I was surprised, I guess. Uh, I'm a big Tom Brady fan, but I guess I was surprised by the outcome. I was kind of disappointed by the the game, but impressed by the Buccaneers, I guess I should say. Yeah, going off of that, I was surprised too. I mean, 31-9, you don't, I didn't, you don't see the Buccaneers went up low. I expect a close game, of course. I guess I could see it kind of being spun into a Chiefs blow there with their potent offense or whatever, and like Buccaneers not be able to keep pace with it, but... It wasn't even close to that. Uh, the Chiefs couldn't even get in the end zone once. So, I mean, what, what else can be said there? The shitty game. I guess the one good thing for me was, I mean, my prop bets were kind of were kind of uh, hitting there. Ryan, what do you think? Um, yeah, I mean, the Chiefs kicked three field goals, and we went over this last or recap in the Buccaneers-Packers game. Uh, you can't kick field goals against Tom Brady. And uh, I think we all, Dartme, all Dartme thinks that the Chiefs just handed the game to the Buccaneers with uh, Andy Reid literally calling timeout for the Buccaneers to go down and score. And then there were penalties, like yeah. clear penalties, that just gave away to the Buccaneers. Yeah, I would agree with that um, wholeheartedly. I I don't know. I mean, I thought that was the game there at the end of the half. Like, why the hell did they do that? It was first and 10. I You, you stuffed the run once, so it's second and 10 or 11. And then they pick up eight yards, so it's third and two. And there's 40 seconds left. And you call your second timeout. And the ball's at, like, the 30-yard line, like... And you're already you're down eight at that point in time too, and you're getting the ball to come into the second half. I mean, I'm not gonna say the game was like won or lost there. Like you still didn't score a goddamn touchdown, but like you can't be doing that shit. Like it's inexcusable. And then of course the pass interference to get them into field goal range, and then another pass interference, and then they got the ball on the goal line and they punch it in. So yeah, uh, not not great there. Like inexcusable, I think. Yeah, I mean, it seemed like the Buccaneers were essentially content with going into half, and then, right, mm-hmm. and then it was just like, it, I don't know if it's greed, if the if the word is greed, but I think more dumb or stupid would be a better term to describe. Uh, I don't, I don't know how you can justify with how shitty yeah. you played in the with how shitty they played in the first half. I mean, you got to be thrilled going into half. With that score, yes, down eight. Like you got to be. It's a one-score game. Yeah, and the Buccaneers are running the ball, essentially saying, "Hey, you know, we'll go into half like this." Right. Then you get then you get greedy or whatever you want to call it. 
give Tom Brady another opportunity. You know, granted, people can be pissed about this and that, but I don't know. I don't buy into the whole pass interference bullshit that people bring up, whether it's true or not. It's... Right. Like, you still need to score a touchdown to make it even relevant at that point. Like, you can't be bitching and saying it's who's fault or whatever. You scored nine points. You lost by, what, 17? No. No. Ah. 22. 22 points. So, yeah, regardless, you can't bring that up. Um, I guess their thing you could say is, like, Mahomes was not terrible by any means. Like, he was running around for his life, and the receivers weren't catching the ball at all. Like, <laughs> they're dinking off of helmets when he's scrambling. A 30-yarder and hits Daryl Williams right in the face and incomplete. And he's just—I don't know. It was—it was a wild, wild game by Chiefs receivers not catching the ball, which ended up helping my pocketbook. But in terms of the entertaining aspect of it, it was—it was shitty. Yeah, I mean, I—I I thought Mahomes was actually—I don't want to say great, but I thought his athleticism was on full display in this game, and I thought the Buccaneers just had a better game plan than the Chiefs, to be honest. It seemed like, in this game, it seemed like all of the worries we had about the Chief came, Chiefs came full circle on Super Bowl Sunday. Like, they played close games all year. They, mm-hmm. they just didn't really seem to have a competitive edge. Like, when playing games, they just kind of won, but not, didn't look great. And then a, a stellar defense with a great game plan just shut them down completely. So I don't know what the exact answer was. Again, I think the Bucks had a really good defensive game plan. And I actually thought Patrick Mahomes did pretty much everything that he could to keep them, I don't know, not to keep them in it, but like to potentially keep them in it. I mean, there's so many drops. <laughs> yeah, the, the first drive of the game are – the second guy of the game, whatever it was, that pass to Tyreek Hill, um, in the end zone off his face mask, and like if if you score the touchdown there, you're in the lead. But again, that's all, you know. Who knows what happens at that point? It's still probably Buccaneers run away with it. But again, missed opportunities, I guess. But it's not something. It's not something that would have. I guess like it's not a game where you would say as a fan, well, we sh- we 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 should have won the game. Like, no, there's no opportunity in that. I'm just saying, it's just a future performance. Yeah, and it sucked to watch. One entertaining thing to watch was uh, Tyron Matthew, the the entire game really. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of um, funny. Well, we just we won't uh, learn. I mean, we we refuse to learn. We refuse to. I don't know. It just seems like it's come such become such an individual game in regards to players seem to be not not all players, but like a lot of players seem to be concerned about their individual stats or role, and that's it. And this just uh, this kind of fits into what we say about like defensive backs, like saying. Matthew, and then that got called back because of a holding penalty. Mm-hmm. Was the holding was it not? Who really cares? But um, so Matthew picked him off on a penalty, and then Matthew said, "You better not throw it my way again," or something like that. And then uh, Matthew gets burnt by Antonio Brown for a touchdown. And then uh, after the touchdown, Matthew continues to talk shit to Brady. Yeah. Yep. Sick, bro. And then, <laughs> he never stopped barking the whole game. Yeah, it was kind of. It was like whatever the score was. They were the Chiefs were losing by nineteen at one point, and Matthew's still talking shit on the sidelines. Yeah, it's kind of sad. He's a great player. It was just kind of a bad moment there. You'd say, is he a great player? A great player. I don't know. It was just kind of a weird moment in uh, weird game um, in that aspect. 
another thing too and i drive was that fourth and five they're kicking a field goal and you line up off sides and give them another chance <laughs> which is just like okay you can't be doing this shit like what's happening this is like our chiefs that you realize this is the super bowl and you're just like the lack of focus slash intensity seemed to be there for the chiefs it's like why this is the super bowl dude and you're lining up off sides on a field goal here <laughs> on fourth and five you can't be doing that shit um very frustrating very very frustrating Especially since I had a Chiefs minus three ticket in my pocket. But, again, if I didn't have it, I'd still be pissed. What is going on here? Yeah, that I had. That's all I had. Do you guys have any other extra on the Super Bowl? I guess in terms of legacy, I guess, too, you can talk to. I don't know. Well, I mean, whatever. It is what it is. It doesn't really change that much. It's just kind of like, in my opinion, it's just it kind of elevates... Like I, I don't. I hate using. Everyone uses the word "goat." Like it's so overused. Yeah. But um, like he is. I mean, when you look at when you're looking at common denominators, I mean, we're talking about what's the common theme here? Yeah, okay, at this point, I think we can all come to the conclusion that Tom Brady does. He just has it. I don't know what it is, but he's got it. Um, yeah, I put him in the likes of Michael Jordan now. Like I put him up in, in that in that area now where he's just the best we've ever seen. Yeah, he is. I don't know. I would like it to like me firing up. Uh, Tom Brady winning seven. That's like you playing Madden franchise mode and just winning seven straight Super Bowls. That's what it is. Like that's what it. <laughs> It's never been done before, and I don't think it's ever even getting come close. All right, and people talking about up to it, up to the Super Bowl beforehand was like, oh, if Mahomes gets two, can he reach six? Like that's still an absurd number. Like, <laughs> yeah, and now it's at seven. So that's why I like into like it's like a video game. Like you're winning it every year when you're the user playing a video game on franchise mode. That's on rookie, Tom Brady. yeah, right, yeah, right. You're like putting on. You're like putting on easy mode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 21 years, and he's been there. He's been in the Super Bowl 10 years. He's won 12% of Super Bowls, I think is what it is. Jesus. He now has more Super Bowl rings than every franchise. Any, yeah, every franchise. Yeah, sorry. But he doesn't have more world champions than the Packers. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's what I can tell you. I, I don't know what it is specifically, but the guy just does something different than anyone that's ever done it. And... People still somehow, some way, find a way to like uh, rip on this guy. Like he's not as talented as bad. I don't care. Like he does. I don't know what it is. He just. I think the thing is somehow he finds a way to elevate everyone else's play. Like he, he just does. Yeah. And I don't hear the whole. I don't hear the haters really as much as you do. But that's well, that's something I don't know. But. You can't, you can't disrespect what he's accomplished at all. So, I don't know. That's the Super Bowl. I guess we can move on to other things there. Uh, other things. What do you want to attack first, guys? Anything in particular? I know you want to talk Bakota. Do you want to say that for the end, or you want to? What do you want to do? I don't know. I mean, we can just talk baseball in general. I just thought like Bakota is probably the most recent thing that's come out. Um, also, in conjunction with that, the some of the Vegas lines have been released, which I'm a little more interested than these stupid Pakoda projections that baseball prospectus uses. And it's like, just, I don't know. It's sanity to me, but whatever. Yeah. For win totals, I don't, I know opening day starts April 1st. So, I mean, we're a little bit ways out. I know last, last year we did um, a win totals draft when it, all went up in flames because of the COVID shortened season and everything. So that kind of sucked. But I think we might be doing, hopefully, we might be doing one of those again uh, later on once we approach closer season. Because, like, still moves are being made. And it's kind of like, you know, what do we do? Um, other thing I guess we can touch on too I have a Badger basketball. Um, we can get onto that now that the football is over. We can dive more or dive deeper into the Wisconsin Badger talk too. Um, 
I know they just played with Nebraska and they beat them. So uh, right now the record's 15 and six. What do you think of the Badgers so far this season? I don't know. It's kind of a nah to me. Uh, they're, dude, they're fine. Like I've already said this, and I got ripped on it. They're every bad. Like they're every Badger basketball team ever in the last 20 years. I mean, it's it's this is Badger basketball. Like we got spoiled for two years where we were not we were not what we're typically used to with Badger basketball with insane talent. And now we don't have that. It's like a typical Badger team where they rely on shooting the deep ball and playing good defense, except they don't even play that great defense. Yeah, I know. I know. Seeing that is kind of frustrating too, that what it's, it's something you could always hang your hat on is the Badgers will defend and in, t- in times and games, it sort of just, like, slips up, and it's like, okay, what the fuck was that? That's way too easy. Specifically in the Illinois game, I know they're – Illinois, way more athletic than you, Wisconsin, but you can't just keep on giving up dunk after dunk to Kofi Coburn. I mean, find something different to do. Like, I don't know. Well, and the other thing is, too, when you look at it, like, the Badgers don't have a good win this year. Like, right. They don't. Right. In – in, you think in retrospect, like when you look back at it, they they don't have a good win. Um, their best win is over Loyola, and <laughs> Loyola. Loyola. and uh, they beat they beat Rutgers. Those are their two yeah. marquee wins on the season, which like at the time Michigan State looked like a good win. Turns out yeah. it wasn't. Right, I, that's what I was about to go to. Like we, we thought that Michigan State win at Michigan State was just like th- that's a great win, but now it just turns out like, dude, Michigan State's at risk of um, mm-hmm. not making the tournament. Or is that right now? Are they out on the outside looking in? I, I think they're I right now they're thirteen. Yeah. So, um, I yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, Loyola is actually ranked, so I guess. <laughs> And the Badgers it, but... and the Badgers have a really tough end of their season. Like they might find themselves on the outside of the rankings. This is brutal. Michigan, Michigan Iowa, Iowa, Illinois, Purdue, Iowa. Yeah, right. If you you got to get that Northwestern game. Well, absolutely. You have to get that one. Well, you got to split with Iowa. You got to. You go two and four is going to be tough. Right. I mean, really. Two and four will be. Two and four would be good. Be, <laughs> as bad as that yeah, sounds. Two and four. That's right. Not terrible. That's pretty What's good. The one thing. Yeah. And then going into the Big Ten tournament, which um, the seating would. I don't know where they'd be seated in the, the Big Ten tournament, but yeah, then they look to win a couple or maybe win one even and see where you fall in the seeding line. Right now I see that Joe Lenardi has Wisconsin on the five line. So right for that uh, 5-12 upset. Where and they always course, are. A familiar Right now Lenardi has it projected with a familiar foe, um, Oregon at the 12 seed. So yeah, that should be interesting if it plays out like that. Well, how many, I mean, how many times have they – been like a five or a six. They're just they seem to hover in that four to four to six range every year. And when they when they get to five, it seems like they always like drop that game. Yeah. Well, that's the class. Yeah, it's a classic five twelve. And we play like it's like they can put three teams in a hat, and we play those three teams every time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oregon. Oregon comes to mind. Um, I don't know. I mean, they did play Arizona when they were really good. That they played them back to back years too, so or like a Baylor. I mean, obviously they're not going to play Baylor this year, but they'll be in they'll be in the Baylor region. The one thing I'll say about the tough schedule coming up: so they they play Michigan on Sunday. Um, I guess the one silver lining you could find in that matchup there, Michigan being really good, ranked third in the nation, is that it's Michigan's first game since January twenty second. Hopefully, you catch them a little rusty, you know, coming off of the COVID, um, you know. Maybe they get rusty, you catch them. Um, that's the silver line there, I guess you could say. I can see them covering in that game, but Michigan's really, really, really good. I know. I know. I'm just trying to find an angle. <laughs> I don't know. And like Ohio State, too. Ohio State's really good. 
I haven't seen Illinois. Is Ill- I mean, I know they're they're good, but like, is Illinois in the same class? Do you think as Michigan, Ohio yeah. State? Do you think they're better? Like, do you think they're? I don't know. I haven't watched them play much. Um, they're probably they're they're probably in that in that um in that tier. I would say. I mean, yeah, I would say they're in that tier. They're they're really good. They're seventh in the nation. So, like, what happened to what happened to Iowa? I was falling off the face of the planet. They have Fran McCaffrey, who's a dunce, and they don't defend. They refuse to defend. I know they, they, they were scalding hot to start the year, and then all of a sudden they're, like, dropping some games here. So that's another point in the Big Ten, too, is that Iowa's dropped a couple games here. Let's see if they pick it back up again. But it's just when you're not outscoring teams and your shots aren't falling, like, they don't defend well. So Yeah, they got to find a way to beat – they got to find a way to beat either Michigan or Illinois to get a – It'd be nice to get a a good win uh, under the right. resume. Yeah, for sure. I just don't I just don't see it because I don't they don't have like a guy that can seemingly take over the game. I guess Trice is kind of that playmaker, but they just don't have a guy that can take over a game. Yeah, it that, seems well, like. That, sorry. The, that's the other thing too I find frustrating is that when you're watching this team is that they they aren't shooting well at all. Like it seems that there's Trice you mentioned him was like the only guy that can that knock down a shot. Like Dave, Brad Davison has been shooting well like crap. He ended up hitting two threes, at, at least two threes against Nebraska, and game Nebraska's just bad, bad, terrible well, basketball. Dude, game. but like they're also taking ill-advised shots, like deep threes and contested threes and guys shooting from outside the arc that shouldn't be shooting outside the arc. Like there's no, it just seems like there's no working the ball inside at all. And I don't know. I like, you gotta, you gotta, you know, like when you're watching traditional Badger basketball and they're passing the ball really well and finding open looks, it just doesn't feel like that. Yeah, well, I could see that, but then I also, I, you you gotta knock down open shots, Brad. Like I've seen them too many times, just like clank wide open ones. It's, yeah, but okay, Mike. Here's my question: Like, is Brad really that good of a shooter? Like, do we have the expectation that he's a really good shooter? I did. I had an expectation that he'd be a better knockdown shooter coming okay. into the year. That's fair. I, that's fair. I was just wondering, like, what the expectation is for him because I I don't have like big expectations for him. I don't. I think he's a good player, but I don't think he's like knocked down. Right. Another thing, I don't know. So the Badgers last year, they they rattled off eight straight to win a share of the Big Ten title. I think that was. I think that's when they were starting Potter and Beavers in the same lineup. Now I'm not saying it needs to happen or it's the wrong play to stagger them, but they haven't been like. Both Potter and Reavers have not been, like, have they haven't both had good games in the same game, which is also something that's so dumb and frustrating. Is one night it's Potter is doing it, then Reavers stinks. One night Reavers is good and Potter stinks. It's can we get together here and play a good, solid basketball game, both those guys together, both those guys, um, and you're just not seeing it at this point in time. You're definitely going to need to see them turn it on with this tough schedule coming up too. So uh, Yeah, but doesn't it seem like – Okay, last year, coming up to that eight-game win streak, they were probably, like, correct me if I'm wrong, but were they, like, essentially a 500 team? Yes. Okay, and at that point, Potter had not been on the floor that much because he had, yeah. he had, to, he had to set out games, and then they slowly worked him into the lineup. And then when you got Reavers and Potter on the floor at the same time, they seem to start rolling. And then we start this year, and now they're not putting them on the floor together. And I'm not saying it's been a bad year because obviously they're having a they're having a nice season. But I don't know. There's got to be some dynamic there that we're not aware of as to why they won't put them on the floor together. I don't get it, but it's just weird to me. I've been saying that. I've been saying that for how long? Like I don't understand why they don't put them on the floor together. It just doesn't make any sense. And it could be like some sort of matchup deal. Too. Like maybe, yeah, the size may not like the quickness or ability to 
garbage other teams for or the wins right. or whatever. I trust that there's a valid reason. It just seems weird. Yeah, right. I hear that, too. I hear that, too. That's Badger basketball. Well, um, what, about, what about the rest of – I mean, we don't have to go into too, like, too much depth, but uh, thoughts on, like, who you're looking at to – win it all or make a run or any dark horses or anything? Yeah, I don't have any right now. Right now it seems like I'll just come off the ball too, but like the whole college basketball as a whole, it seems Gonzaga and Baylor are just head and shoulders above everybody. Well, I'd say Michigan's in that I would say Michigan's in that conversation. Yeah. Maybe, but I, it, with them being out so long, it's just like you haven't seen them play, so I don't know how they would match up um, in accordance to Baylor or Gonzaga. Uh, I mean, I know Gonzaga obviously plays in the league conference, so they're like 20-piecing teams regularly in that conference. But, like, Baylor, they, they're pulling away from teams. And that should be, like, decent. Like, Texas, I think they, they drubbed Texas. Auburn, I hit a first-half bet of Auburn against Auburn, but then in the second half, Baylor again pulls away. Um, they just seem – they're really fucking good is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's a shame all the – Dukes and Kansases and North Carolinas, Kentucky and Kentucky. It's a shame they all stink this year. Oh yeah, such a shame. Such a shame. <laughs> I would say watch out for uh, watch out for Virginia too. Oh, no, they always win. I love Virginia. My my Cavaliers. They're sneaky. I mean, not sneaky, but like they're sitting at fourteen and three. <laughs> won five of the last six. It, the thing is, though, with Virginia, nobody likes them. Nobody likes them because they're boring. No, they, like, uh, like with the, the Badgers are like a poor man's Virginia. Exactly. Or, or like traditionally, <laughs> traditionally speaking. Correct, correct. But it's like, oh, they're so boring. Well, guess what? You know what boring gets you? Fucking wins, dude. And they they, <laughs> they just win games, man. Right. But going up around, like, it's sad with, like, the Blue Bloods, like you mentioned, like, Duke, um, North Carolina, Kentucky not making it. It's, like, it's so sad. I'm crying. <laughs> I know. Playing the world's <laughs> smallest violin. Um, but there was, like, that. there's a Duke-UNC matchup, and it just, like, just last weekend, it's just, like, the saddest thing ever. Like, two unranked teams going at, like, two unranked. No North Carolina Duke, no fans in Cameron Indoor. It's just like, uh, yeah, usually this is you see, like, <laughs> it like, doesn't have like it's on totally ESPN, on ESPN. You see like a week of commercials leading up to that game, right? And you didn't see any of that this year, which was a shame. I was gonna ask if they were if they were promoting that because even in years where like one of them has been good and one's been down, they still promote the hell out of it. But uh, I don't think we've ever had a year where they're both bad so there's really not much to promote yeah i know right now i think i heard last time i heard um, on a pod that some uh you know algorithm or whatever projects duke's chance to make the tournament at five percent and that's based on their chance basically of winning the whole acc tournament for the automatic bid so that's that's where we're at right now in college basketball it's well, uh, going to yeah. be playing. <laughs> oh my god! If Coach K would be he be saying that? Probably not. But I'll, I'll Coach K. I lost a little respect for Coach K. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> I did. I, I'm just saying, like, dude. Everyone, it's like everyone's dealing with the same thing. I know. Same and, with Kentucky. And you guys have had the, like, you guys have had all these good players every year that teams would dream to have. And now, for whatever reason, you're not performing like you're used to, and so now the excuses come out. And then earlier, like very early in the year, Kentucky lost to Richmond. And Scalapari was complaining about how their schedule's so tough and they only had a month to prepare for this season. Well, everybody else had a month to prepare for the season. Oh, and, and 
you're loaded with five stars. So, and you complain that you're young. Well, your whole idea is to get the guys to the league. So as quickly as possible. And you're complaining that you're young and that your schedule is tough and that you only had 30 practices together. He's a douchebag. Yeah, he is a douchebag. Yeah. Grade A. Like, there's a way to fix it. Just like you said, Ryan, my whole plan is like the whole NBA route. Well, if you don't like it, easy way to fix it is to do something different about it. Like, there's a fix to that, dude. Whatever, man. I mean, he's what? got job, he's got job security, so. Yeah. Well, next year, Kentucky will probably be near the top again, or yeah. You know, so everything will be fine, but. Just the one year you're not at the top, you got to bitch about it. Mm-hmm. Like, relax, buddy. It makes excuses like nobody else is going through the same thing you're going through. Relax, relax buddy. Yeah. yeah. Sad to see. Yeah. Thank you. The whole nation. Well, yeah. Um, that's, that's what I have for college basketball. That's what I have. I do want to get into hockey, if you guys are, unless you have more to say on that. On that. Subject. Well, do we want to talk? Do we want to talk baseball or no? We can, yeah, we can talk baseball. We can talk baseball. I'd like um, to talk a little baseball. I'm, I'm uh, getting excited for the season. I'm hearing good things about running an entire, uh, running an entire season, um, which would be awesome. And the Dakota uh, standings, which, again, I don't know. The only reason that it's really that relevant is because Baseball Prospectus literally uses this as a reference point, and there's some there's some pretty uh, eye popping projections on the Pakoda um, site, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Like one of them being the Brewers projected to win 89 games, or the Braves projected to win 82. Um. Which is weird because the Braves are the odds-on favorite to still win the East, according yeah. to Vegas. <laughs> but they're projected to take fourth in Pakoda. I know. I have those Pakoda pulled up now for the, just the National League. Yeah. Um, looking at it, I like. I like. I guess I like Pakoda with the Brewers projection there. I mean, <laughs> wishful thinking. I think at eighty-nine wins, um, taking the Central by four games. Uh, you mentioned the Braves there, eighty-two and eighty. That's yikes from me. Uh, finishing fourth in the NL East, um, <laughs> they have Mets at ninety six wins. Um, okay, give me that. I'll take the under easily. Like it's, are we really doing this again with the Mets, Pakota? Come on, dude. You know what the Vegas over under total on the Mets is at ninety two and a half, which I still think is high. Um, mm. But like. Dude, they give the Mets a 77.4% chance to win the division on Pakoda with the Braves at a 5.4. I mean, how yeah. can that how can that even come out of your projection system? How is that even possible? The three-time reigning NL East champions have a 5% chance to win the division. Like less than hey, if you want to pick New York to win the division, hey, fine. I don't really care. But when you pick the Nationals and the Phillies over them, that's insanity. Yeah, like, yeah, I <laughs> The Phillies, dude? Really? Yeah, the Phillies have... <laughs> the oh, Phillies? Yeah, the Phillies. The Philadelphia Phillies, boys. I... Fighting Phils. I'm, I'm just... <laughs> it is. It, it baffles you. I mean, Luke, you're more of a Braves fan than uh, us over here, but I don't think the Braves lost anybody major from their LCS. They, they got much better. They got better, right? And the Mets definitely got better too with Lindor. But are they? Did they get better than the Braves? I don't think so. I mean, Lindor, and they got Springer, right? The Mets did. Yeah. The Mets got, uh, that, so the Mets got better, but... I'm not even just focused on the Mets. Dude, the Phillies' rotation is Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler. Okay, you like that one-two punch. Then it goes to Zach Eflin, Vincent Velasquez, and Spencer Howard. Yeah. 
their, the main thing with the Phillies last year was their bullpen stunk. stunk. So I, I I don't have like moves they made in front of me like to get the bullpen, but I think I heard some bullpen help there coming. Or it's one of those things like it can't get much worse. It's only going to get better for them in the bullpen aspect side of things. But the bullpen was a glaring weakness for them last year in that uh, shortened season too. So, um, yeah, it, it, it very, very much – uh, confused me why it, it spits out this projection for them. I mean, I like the Nationals. I think the Nationals have a have a realistic chance at having a decent season. They picked up uh, Lester. They still have Scherzer, Corbin, Strasburg, and then Lester is their four, which, you know, I don't know how good Lester is now. But they also picked up Schwarber and Bell, which are two nice pickups for them. But I don't love the Nationals. I think they're a contender to make the playoffs. Um, I don't know the Phillies though. It's just like miss me with the Phillies. I'm not. Uh, I'm not big on the Phillies. No, me neither. It's well. It's, oh my god, the Braves projected to miss the playoffs is just funny. If, yeah, not only missing, yeah, that is funny. Dude, not to mention like, is there really that much to love about? The Mets. I mean, they have Degrom and Carrasco, uh, one two. Stroman have, is projected as their three, but he's right now he's got a torn muscle in his left calf, and he hasn't like how much has Stroman pitched over the last? Two he years? hasn't pitched at all. He didn't pitch. And he still has a torn calf. Didn't he just sit out the whole last season? Yeah. And he still has a torn calf. I don't even think. Was that even related? Didn't he just sit out? The, I think he just sat out the last season. Oh, oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Because I remember fantasy draft. I going off of what he said. I'm full go. I'm full go. And all of a sudden, he pulls the plug last second. I was sitting there, or we're sitting there because we drafted Strowman with not. And then all of a sudden, too. I mean, this is I don't know. I like during the playoffs. I think Bauer tweeted out. Man, a lot of teams, something to the aspect to the to the tune of like a lot of teams could be could use some really good pitching. And Strowman goes, "Yeah, word." It's like Strowman, you just sat out the whole season. Yeah, out of some like disagreement or whatever he had might have had with like the top management or whatever. But dude, you just sat out the whole season, and you're just gonna say like, "Yeah, word, agree with you, Bauer." Like, what is that? You didn't you didn't pitch for the Mets, and like the Mets were probably playoff hopeful that year. Like you could have maybe made the playoffs instead. The Marlins take your spot in an expanded playoff. It seemed wild to me, and now it's all finally good. After you said you were one hundred percent good to go, then you pull the plug and you do that. I don't know. I just that doesn't sit with me well. I know he's probably he's liked around the league, well liked guy. I think everybody likes him, but. Mm-hmm. It just seemed weird to me, and I don't think that's being being brought up maybe because it's so specific and esoteric. But I don't know. Well, I think I he's. I think he's. I don't think he's as good as he thinks he is. That's one thing I would say. Like, um, he's. I mean, he's been good. He's been a a good pitcher, but he hasn't been lights out by any means. And like they have, they have Noah Syndergaard that's going to be. Uh, joining the rotation at some point. He's still rehabbing from Tommy John, so who knows what happens there? They are just always uh, injury-prone. And then, like, dude, their lineup. Nimmo, McNeil, Lindor, Conforto. It's solid, okay? Alonzo, Dominic Smith, J.D. Davis, and James McCann. Like, in my mind, this lineup doesn't jump off. I don't know. It doesn't jump off paper. Like, I... It's a solid line to me. It's solid. That projection is definitely a ceiling play. That's why I see these Mets as like the ceiling is so high for him. And you, you like that injury bug you always you mentioned there. Like that's always in. That always happens to him. So I feel like that's a very high ceiling projection with the floor being much lower than a Braves team. I would say like this ninety six game stuff. Yeah, I mean, if everything goes right, you could see him lighting the world on fire with a rotation with the ground shoving. But whenever the ground is pitching, it seems like you lose a one-run ball game with him. That's what we've seen in the past. And 
I mean, maybe it's the thing that's going to say, all right, regression, regression. But dude, that that project, it's all ceiling to me. All of that is just like a a wish or a dream that if everything goes right, the Mets will be really good. And so, people, and like, what I read in what I read on the Braves line was that Cordo was uh, super low on the Braves pitching. So okay, let's just say that. Fine, but their line. I mean, their lineup. Obviously, we know the lineup, but like Acuna, Freeman, Azuna, uh, Darno, Elbies is your one through five. I don't want to face that one through five. I don't understand how that team like goes backwards. Um, then the rotation is set up to be Freed, Soroka, Morton, Ian Anderson, who was awesome uh, at the end of last year, and then Drew Smiley or Kyle Wright. I just don't. I mean. Maybe I don't know how you can be. How can you be down on that staff though? Like Freed, maybe, Soroka, Morton. Maybe with Soroka with the, coming back from injury could be a thing too. Okay, so is the are, is the Mets, um, are the Mets like the Mets line though doesn't have any uh, worry about Syndergaard and Stroman? Like a team that's been hurt. Dude, the Braves did this last year without Soroka. I know. The I, I, I don't know. Charlie Morton is a huge pickup. That is huge. Yep. I don't know, but we can. I mean, we can talk. Uh, we can talk central too. Um, I think the central is going to be absolute trash this year, which actually, honestly, bodes in the Brewers' favor because it's pretty much, in my opinion, anyone's division to win. Like I know you're strong on the Cardinals, probably winning, but like I wouldn't count out the Cubs either. The Cubs have a decent lineup and I wouldn't count out the Reds either. Like, I think it's honestly four teams up like with that division up for grabs. Yeah. It's definitely one of those deals that nobody seems, I don't know. It, it, you, you mentioned, I think it's, we can be trash too. It's just like a bunch of, it seems to me a bunch of average teams as compared to other top, top teams in the East or the West. Like, of course you have the Dodgers and the Padres seem to be like, really good too and then Mets, Nationals, and Braves I think they're all better than the top of the Central maybe yeah, yeah that's the way I see it and maybe that's too with maybe the Braves projection is they play in a tougher division and then where you that was the my Brewers thought get- you know that was my thought was like the Brewers are getting the amplified win total because they right. think they're the they think they're the best team in the Central so they think they're going to beat up on their own division therefore they're going to get right. to high 80s, but I see, like, like the Vegas the Vegas line in the Brewers is 83.5. I think that's appropriate. That felt right. I mean, that feels right to me. Yeah. Yeah, it does. But yeah. I don't Definitely. know. Um, interesting, I guess. I, I'm not, like, huge on the Cardinals either. I don't think their team – I mean, everyone's kind of um, ooing and eyeing, eyeing over the Arenado trade, but – I don't think that boosts them a substantial amount. But then again, like you, like Ty, you were saying about their outfielders, like how they're top prospects. I don't know much about these guys, but could you just see the Cardinals having these guys come out and have monster seasons? Yes, like every, like it seems like they have one of those guys every year. Like it just, yeah, right. It's, it's like, oh, Tyler O'Neill is insane. <laughs> Dylan Carlson's raking. I I just that's just what happens. But the rotation is is puke. Wayno's projected to be their three. Yeah, I, I I gotta look more into it too. I mean, um, it's a good it's a good first look at it. This Picota stuff to get you like sort of um, in the mindset of looking at baseball. Um, but also with moves still to be made and opening day being April 1st, I'll definitely well, start looking more into it and looking more at the win totals too. But, let me also just add that, I mean, Major League Baseball is such a joke. I don't understand why they do the shit that they do. It drives me insane. Like, why are they not having, like, why not have a universal DH and why not have expanded playoffs? What's, what's, I just don't get it. It doesn't make any sense. You you do it last year, and then the anticipated um, 2022 projection is that they will have the universal DH 
but they won't have it in 21. So if you know you're going to if you know you're going to have it in 2022 or most likely going to have it, why go back to it? Why why go back for one one year? Year. Yeah, yeah that does seem weird. I, yeah. It seems stupid actually, not weird. Yeah, it, I mean, it's just baseball does all these things that and then on top of it they bitch about ratings and yada 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 but then you do stupid shit like this that contradicts what you say all the time about wanting to get more fans involved in whatever you have pitchers taking at bats who wants to watch that yeah there there are there are you know the whole dh thing it's just it's such a like um polarizing topic for like baseball fans yeah, but non-baseball fans don't care. No, I know. Right. So, I mean, there are baseball fans that say, no, the, the, the DH should, they're not, there should not be the university DH. Like, it's so much more strategy involved. Um, and I can definitely see that. Um, we're juicing balls. We're juicing balls to amplify offense, but we're making pitchers hit. I mean, this is crazy. I don't know, man. We'll see how it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Well, again, I, I guess I don't really care either way. I'm not, I'm not like too strongly sided on one side or the other. The part that pissed me off was that Major League Baseball didn't make the announcement that they were stepping away from the Universal DH until like two weeks ago. So you literally, you literally kept all these guys in free agency for that long because teams didn't know. Like the Braves, yes. so the Braves, the Braves resigned Marcelo Zuna. The contract was set up basically uh, under the impression that they were going to bring the Universal DH back in 2022 because they end loaded his contract. So they're basically not paying him much in 2021 to play outfield, and then in 2022 they're bumping up the salary like six million more with anticipation that he'll be the Universal DH. So I like how they structured it, but it just sucked because they had to sit on it for so long. It probably ended up helping the Braves because they got a cheaper deal on Ozuna, who probably would have got a lot more money had they had that, but I don't know. Weird to me. Yeah, it is. It is. And well, yeah, like you said, once we get closer, we'll do a um, we'll do a win totals uh, draft. Um, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Vegas has the Braves winning ninety-one games, which is a Basically, a nine point or a nine win differential from Pakoda. Dude, I might just back Pakoda on this one. That's a lot of value. You, yeah, if you're a Pakoda guy, you might see a lot of value in some of these lines. Um, I trust Vegas a little more, but uh, you know, teach yeah, their own. I haven't uh, tracked Pakoda's um, you know projections to the end of year, but. We'll see. I mean, well, I dude, see. every year they come out. They're the first. See, <laughs> what they do is they're the first. They're the yeah. first projection system to get released, and then they have like three or four insane things. Like they have the White Sox projected for eighty-three wins. What? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> dude. I don't know. They have That's Cleveland. Weird. They have Cleveland projected for more wins than the White Sox. And then just off the wind. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, some things, man, make you scratch your head. But we'll see. Any- the White, Sox, the White Sox are projected for 91 and a half wins on, in Vegas. Rhino Sox. The Indians are projected for 81 and a half. I don't know. Whatever. I, I'm not like, uh, I try to, I try to, I always give you shit because I always tell you to not look into the um, rankings or the you know projections and stuff like that because literally there's no repercussions for making a shitty projection on stuff when it comes down to the end result but mm. obviously i'm a little salty about the braves line yeah I know. and it's baseball too your your first taste of it so you're just gonna well that's what i'm saying i'll i'll be the first person to put my hand up when they're right because the braves lose two pitchers and are scrambling or whatever it might be or whoever but that seems like a weird uh, way to project something is banking on injuries or something like that. Which, if you're going to bank on injury uh, on injuries, the one team I would bank on having injuries is probably the Mets. Maybe it's luck. Maybe it's a luck thing. They're just unlucky the whole time. Yeah, the Mets have been really unlucky the last five years. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Whatever. Um, yeah, then we can we can wrap things up by. You want to get into a little hockey? I know you have some. Uh, you have some information on your Oilers. I do my Shredmonton Oilers. They they're heating up, boys. They're heating up. Um, Are they? Yeah, they're they're heating up. They they've won five of the last six, and they actually game tonight went final. They won, so winning six of their last seven um, against the it helps though too because four of those wins were against Ottawa, so that, that really helps when you get four games against Ottawa and just sweep them. So that that really helped out. Um, and they had an OT win against your Leafs there. I see you sporting the sweater. Is that Tavares? Yeah, that's Tavares. Got this. Uh, I got the big C on the jersey here. Uh, big big Tavares fan. Yeah. Well, um, we'll see how that works out for you and the Leafs. You know, the the Oilers just beat them recently. That's that's what I know. Um, but yes, it, sorry. Going back to my point on the Senators, they, they beat them four times. So you like to see that taking care of business there. Um, the one loss they had was to Rhinos Flames um, on Saturday in the Battle of Alberta. I caught a lot of that game actually on NHL Network. It was a it was a great game. Um, aside from the fact that they they had a tripping penalty on McDavid, and just as he get called, then McDavid gets called for a goalie interference there after he gets tripped by Tichuk, sorry Tichuk and um, Giordano. But nevertheless, they lose. They're still heating up. Big win tonight against the Canadians. They're actually tied in points now with the Canadians, third in the division. Um, you love to see it. Also, another note here, McDavid and Drysaddle leading the league in points, one and two respectively at 27 and 25 points. Third place in points is Mitchell Marner with 21. So they're lighting it up. Again, helps that they're playing the Senators, so they get three point nights. That's my uh, that's the rundown that I have on the Oilers. The Oilers have a awful goalie, don't they? Awful defense. Awful defense. Mediocre at best goalie. But now they just got um, Smith back. It was it was Koskinen. Now Mike Smith is back from an injury. Um, he was in net tonight and um, shut out shut out for the kid for the guy. Against um, nobody's Canadians. Nobody claimed the Canadians. Classic Dartmouth fashion. The Canadians are really good. <laughs> I mean, they're number two, right? They're number two in the division behind your Leafs. Yeah, the Leafs are just absolutely scorching right now, hotter than a flame. Um, one eight of ten. Just been absolutely on fire. Um, yeah, exciting time to be a Leafs fan. I'm not gonna lie, they uh, really lighten the lamp lately too. Not gonna lie, they're they've just looked really good. And they've clamped down on the defense, not uh, not allowing as many goals other than that that OT loss to the Oilers. Um, since then, they've been pretty rock solid. They beat the Canadians yesterday, which was a big win, and then they took three uh, straight from the Canucks. Um, yeah, AK's Canucks. They kind of falling off they were up there a little bit but scuffling as of late canucks losers of five straight yikes yeah i don't know i'm gonna i'm gonna try and when now the football's over i'm gonna try and get into it a little bit more it's just hard to it's hard to get eyes on nhl games unless they're playing on nhl network um but Especially the Canadian ones. Um, I think Saturday nights are always hockey night in Canada. I could be wrong on that, but the last few Saturdays I've seen the Oilers play on NHL Network hockey night in Canada. I could be I wrong. Think, I think the Leafs are going to be on on Saturday night. Um, they play the Canadians on Saturday, so I'm thinking that game's on NHL Network. Probably trying to tune into that. But the Leafs are ranked. If it means anything to you, the Leafs are ranked number one in the power rankings right now. So that doesn't really mean much to me, but you don't hate to see it. Well, yeah, they're leading the league in points, 23 points. Um, another little tidbit I had earlier on is that the Canadian teams seem to be scoring a lot more than the other leagues. I can see that. They have, dude, like goals for The Canadian division has... Four teams with 50 goals for, 
Wow. The rest of the divisions have zero teams with 50 goals scored. So, very exciting. Dude, one of the teams is literally 6 and 10. Yeah, yeah it's Canucks. <laughs> I mean, they're 6 and 10 with 50 goals scored. <laughs> That's unreal. <laughs> I know, don't they have Holtby as the tender? I think um, AK was talking smack about Holtby. I don't know, man. It's been it's been a fun ride. Again, we're not very knowledgeable on the subject, but we're we're working on getting there. Um, no, I mean, hopefully soon we all have we all have uh, sweaters to to rep our teams. Uh, loving my sweater. It's my first hockey jersey, I would say, um, personally. But really digging, really digging this thing. Um, probably gonna have to whip it out a little bit more as we get into winter here. Or as we, well, I guess, uh, wind down out of winter, but hockey's heating up here, so I think I'm gonna wear it to work tomorrow. Just see what happens. I like the look now. I like the look now. It looks, fr- it looks, it's fresh. Now, anything on the sea of red? Uh, yeah, my flames are a scrappy bunch. Yeah, I, I mentioned earlier. Yeah, I'd say Chuck's a scumbag in my eyes. Chucky likes to scrap it up a bit. He <laughs> plays in front of the net a lot. He gets tipping goals. That's his game. And uh, uh, Johnny Gaudreau, Johnny G. Johnny Hockey, they say. He's really good. I love him. A lot Is of that goals. The, Ryan, did you order a jersey? No. I want to get a Johnny G, though. Yeah, you got to get a jersey. Ty, who'd you go with? I, I did. I, made, I went with David, of course. Um not a, I mean, I did have another guy I could have gone to second in points, like I mentioned before, Drysaddle. He's he, he's he's flame. He's a uh, he's buzzing too. But I, I went with McDavid, um, all navy, all navy and uh, orange there. Yeah, I went with a I went with a white Leafs jersey. I just think it's a clean look. Um, I like their blues, but I love the I love the white and I love the Adidas um, sponsor that they're rocking now. Like all, I mean, the entire NHL, obviously, but um, I think it's a clean look. I'd like to get the old school St. Pat's jersey at some point, but uh, I think it's a shot. I like I like the old school St. Pat's. I, you guys don't like the Leafs jerseys? I don't know why. I think they're sharp. Um, I, don't, I don't think we said we didn't like them. I just you you, you came. You up said they were. You said they were a snooze fest. I did not say that. You came out and said, I believe you said, came out and said, they have the best jerseys in the NHL. And then they we're do. like, hold on a second. Hold what? on a second. Who, who is the best jersey in hockey? I don't know. <laughs> there were a bunch of teams thrown out, but we were like, hold on a second. And then, and then Grawl says, I'm the Queen Victoria. <laughs> 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 So yeah, that's that's where we. I mean, we don't hate the. I don't hate the jersey. We, we just said hold the phone. I'm calling in the best jersey in NHL when we when we were first talking about um, getting into hockey. I think they're the best jersey in hockey. Fair, fair, and uh, and fair by us by saying uh, we don't agree. I yeah, say. no, or rightfully so. I just. I think it's a clean look, to be honest. Underrated, maybe. I'm looking forward to the next battle of Alberta. I know I got fired up Saturday night, Rhino, but I could not handle Chucky. Yeah, Chucky likes to scrap, and uh, he pisses off a lot of the players. I know BJ, who's probably the most, or he is the most educated hockey guy in Dartmouth, and he said BJ loves he said he would love to have Chucky on his team, and that is enough for me to love this man. Of course, of course. Um, I've been trying to uh, bet with my Flames each game. I've been trying to go with uh, Flames score first, and usually I get pretty good odds on that. So Vegas likes to think that they start fast, but it has not been working for me. I know it's. Like, they usually they give up the first goal, but then they battle back. I like that my team can battle back from a goal down. Yeah. Or two goals down. And I would say, Ryan, that's a good point. But um, 
you noticing that because I've noticed. I mean, you you, you pick up on your flames. I've been on the wrong side of every Oilers bet, um, either picking with them or picking against them. Yeah. And I know that guy, my friend, has always put in every game he's bet his Jets. But the one say you said that you see the Flames battling back in their games. It seems to me, and I, and this is just like watching a box score or catching a little bit of action on my Oilers is that they need to come out. They need to come out and score right away. Um, yeah. it, I don't see them battling back. And of course, in that battle of Alberta, giving up six goals, you're not going to win hockey games giving up six goals. But um, they came out firing, and it was a very exciting, very exciting game. But to your point, with your Flames battling back in games and scrapping, I don't see that out of the Oilers. And, you know, they need to, like, get a power play going. Their power play is, like, it's buzzing, but they need to be scoring first is what I'm saying. For my, would, say, would you say that the play on the Oilers would probably be playing just the over in the game with that with two dominant scores and a terrible defense? Have they been going over a lot? or? Well, yeah. Um, recently they have because they've been playing – the Senators, triple Senators, just a putrid hockey theme. But, I mean, yeah, they, they like – and they score a lot. Like, 8-5 against the Senators, 4-2 against the Senators, 6-4 Flames. But now the defense the, – the last two, the defense showed shown up and given up, like, they shut out and then a one to the Senators. But that seems to be good on the overs as of late. As and I would of, say – and I would say, like – as far as, I mean, we're still pretty recent into betting on hockey, but shout out to uh, new hacker, uh, Andy, who's a, who's a hockey guy. Um, I was talking with him, and he was telling me that you're almost probably just better off taking minus one and a half lines on every game rather than taking money line because every game ends with a open netter. So if you're up one at the end of the game, they're going to pull the goalie, and you, gotta, you always have a chance at covering, which obviously is... Nice, but I, you know, it just seems like when you bet favorites, you just don't get a whole lot of value in a money line play. That it almost seems smart to go minus one and a half based on at the end of the game, they literally just every game they open the net. You're gonna get plus odds on the one and a half, yeah. You're, hey, you're looking at like plus 130. I mean, I'm not saying it'd be interesting to see once you uh did like crunch the numbers at the end of the year if it was more beneficial to go minus one and a half first. Money line plays to see. Just like I said, and this is coming from him. I don't know. I don't know much about hockey, but he claims uh, bet the minus one and a half. If you're going to bet it, which kind of makes sense to me if you really think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. If any of you hackers are big hockey fans or you know a lot about hockey, please reach out. Yeah, please. Yeah, we got to get. We got to get. Maybe. I mean, we got to get BJ on the pod or. You know, maybe I can set up uh, getting getting a hockey. I won't call him an analyst, but maybe I can we can get some hockey guys in the pod to clarify on some things for us because we're still pretty right. Pretty raw. And also, feel free to fire in any uh, feedback or whatever to at me too on Twitter. I mean, we're open to suggestions or um, your your advice on the gambling, um, any anything hockey related, I guess with us trying to get into the sport. Yeah, and we have bartender Pete, too, who's who's uh, helped us out a couple of times, so we appreciate that as well. Shout out to him. Um, he's helped us along the way, too. So, uh, official bartender of Dartme. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. But uh, anything else, fellas? No, nothing really. Nothing really else in, on my shredding to Oilers or anything. Um, yeah, I think... I think moving forward, we'll probably just try and give some hockey updates and then probably cover uh, a little more Badger basketball as we move forward. Hopefully, uh, some more baseball. And catchers report. It's got to be coming up here. Yeah. I'm definitely going start, to start research or looking at what moves are made and stuff like that, too. Got to get on that. Now that football's done. They report on February 17th here, pitchers and catchers. So that's coming up here pretty quick. Yes. Sports moves on. I love it. I love it. Yeah, I really hope. I, I'm uh, optimistic that they're going to run a full NCAA tournament. 
that would be because I mean, in in reality, they they did cancel all D three winter sports uh, for NCAA championships. So, just kind of interesting to. I, I'm not saying it's the same, but they did that based off of participation. Like they need a certain percentage of teams in D three to participate in a sport to run an NCAA championship per their bylaws or something. So, like for wrestling, I know that they needed like sixty percent of teams to be participating, which they didn't have, so they canceled the uh, winter championships. But then some federation is just like throwing a tournament that's unaffiliated with the NCAA. Uh, so they're kind of doing something, but I just hope that everything comes to fruition in regards to NCAA basketball with having a tournament because that sucked last year. Well, yeah, really, I'm really, I'm really jonesing for the, for March madness there too. Yeah, for sure. So. All right. <laughs> And Hacker Nation uh, at Dartme2 on Twitter. Um, yeah. Peace out. Later, boys.